1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: Welcome to the new series of the Olive Magazine podcast, Kitchen Crafting. I'm Janine, deputy editor and podcast host, and each week I'll be joined by an expert in their field to take a dive into a specialist subject. This week I'm learning all about pickling and preserving and why it's a skill we can all easily master. So, I'm delighted to welcome preserver, cook, writer, and educator Kylie Newton to the podcast. Kylie grew up in New Zealand where the notions of seasonal eating and sustainability were actually part of her childhood daily life. After moving to London, she founded Newton and Pot, a business dedicated to the art of making handmade small batch jams, pickles, chutneys, and ferments, which ended up on the shelves of Selfridges and Harrods food halls, among others. Kylie's written two cookery books, The Modern Preserver and The Modern Preserver's Kitchen, which we're going to hear a little bit more about today. So welcome, Kylie. Lovely to see you.
1: Uh, thank you so much for having me.
0: <laughs> Can we just kick off by talking a bit about why preserving is such a precious skill that we should be treasuring and trying to hold on to?
1: Well, as I was talking to you earlier, I just feel like it's um, it's been around for thousands of years and it's kind of had its... Um, it survived the test of time, which is quite strange because it's preserving, so it's yeah. about <laughs> longevity. But it has it, it's um, it's fed people in you know uh, unflourished times where fruit and vegetables have not been available, so people have preserved to kind of um, feed their family in the winter months mm. and also uh, created kind of traditions and hand-me-down kind of um, recipes from thousands and thousands of years. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like it, it needs to be uh, heroed uh, mm. as a, uh, as a practice and as you can see it's coming more and more and and definitely in the last six to eight years it's more prevalent in a whole lot of chefs um and people doing more preserving in in fact my last book through the lockdown the modern preserver did really well
0: did it yeah Yeah. i'm not surprised i mean what first attracted you to that the, the practice of preserving
1: um i um I've worked in the arts, uh, most of my life. I've, uh, have a creative, um, uh, I'm a creative being. I've always worked for artists in the past and, um, I came across preserving because I was working for a photographer called Wolfgang Tillmans. Basically mm-hmm. he is, um, a, a famous photographer, artist. I was doing all his analog printing, um, but he up and moved to uh, Germany. He moved his practice to Germany um, about ten years ago now, and um, I kind of was left with this old-fashioned skill of analog printing, which we le- now live in a digital world. And um, I thought, okay, I'm going to be a baker. I'm going to. Um, I'm going to. Uh, take my beautiful bakes made out of rich chocolate and uh, the best lemons and yes. make these little cakes and I'm going to sell them down at the market still. So I did and I baked all these beautiful um, ground-arming uh, Bakewell tarts and I went down and at the end of the day I had cake left over when it didn't sell and it kind of broke my heart mm. from, as you said, my background is I've grown up with being um, sustainable, eating Seasonally. I think growing up in New Zealand in the 80s, we weren't kind of exposed to too much mass production being imported over. So we that's the way I kind of lived. And so, I, you know, preserving was the antidote to this. It was, for me, within food, I felt like I was giving food longevity. And I quite often joke that I'm like this, a saint of... Um, of longevity or of food <laughs> longevity, <laughs> because I feel like I'm giving fruit and vegetables a longer list of life. Yeah, um, a second life, as well. <laughs> a second life. So yeah, it um, goes hand in hand with that the idea of using up everything. Yeah. And um, you know, Newton and Pot, we had very very little waste, and we just it, we used everything that came into my little kitchen. Um yeah so it's that which draws me to it it's the that it encompasses this whole idea that uh, of giving food longevity and being sustainable and just being better for the earth obviously zero
0: waste or you know waste free cooking is 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 a huge thing at the minute you know what i hear it a yeah. lot yeah. Um, and as you've said a lot of chefs have ad- adapted to what sort of things are out there that you can kind of use for, for pickling well, chutneys that you wouldn't normally you know we all know about pear chutney or pickled onions but what yeah. what, what sort of like what are the weird things that you can so
1: um the uh, I mean during lockdown I was pickling some beetroot and I had you know how beetroot sometimes have the beautiful stalks come through and you never know what to do with the stalks you can Chop those up and put them in a in a quick pickle and mm. eat them as a side. Really? Um, yeah, in fact, um, I um, Thomasina d- did a repost, I think, of my um, Instagram post because she was so impressed. Of yes, that's a great thing to use up your beetroot stalks with. You can always um, uh, pickle cauliflower stalks and leaves as well. You know, my I went home for six months to New Zealand and I found my mother just chopping the little heads off of all the cauliflower. And there's all (laughs) the stalks that are just beautifully as delicious as well. So you can chop all those up and put them in a pickle Mm. and add them to a salad as well. Um, I do think that chutney is the best thing for when you've got fruit and vegetables that are starting to kind of, um age a little bit in the, in the fruit bowl and you don't know what to do with them and they're not um the most delicious thing to bite into just chop them all up and pop them into a pot with a whole of spices sugar and vinegar and just kind of render them down to make a a chutney it's as simple as that um you know to use up all of that those odd bits and pieces you you never know what you'll you might create something um fantastic
0: because they don't need to um they don't need to keep that um, integrity, freshness. do they? Or the freshness? they
1: don't, they don't. With jam and pickling, it's quite important that you have fresh um, ingredients. Uh, pickling, I kind of um, think it's almost like creating a time capsule, so you want to keep it as fresh as you can in this time capsule of the vinegar brine. Um, whereas jam, um, because we're not as reliant as we were in the old days of adding equal parts sugar to equal part Mm. fruit, which was a very typical way of making jam once sugar was introduced to the general public. um, We are a lot more sugar wary and uh, conscious of our sugar intake. So we're relying more on the chemical um, reaction that happens when you heat uh, pectin, which is natural Mm. um, substance or chemical in the in every fruit and a, a lot of vegetables to kind of gel up and that's what creates that kind of setting and gelling it's a mm. it's a natural process but it needs heat acid and um sugar
0: <laughs> so we so we're talking for um for our pickles we want something that's just really really fresh like like Yeah in, I, like, exactly yeah say it was a cucumber you want it to be like almost just off the plant or you know it's really yeah. firm and Almost yeah. like not underripe, but it, it's 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 just, just ripe. And just then with, ripe. And then with jam, we're looking at not on the term but kind of ripe as in
1: Well, yeah, um yeah, just ripe. Right. As well, um the younger fruits tend to have more pectin oh, really? in them than the older fruits. So um the longer a fruit has been picked off the tree um, or bush, it, it um its pectin levels kind of decrease. so it's really important if you're wanting a good set to to kind of get the fresher younger um, fruits. So the fruits telling you,
0: you need to make jam out of me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i right <laughs> full now. Of
1: pectin right now. <laughs> yeah, saying that, you know, I've made very, very good uh, berry jam out of frozen berries. If I go to, say, um, uh, there's a lot of picking farms, berries, mm. uh, the UK is great for berries and it's berry season at, at the moment. Um, you can go out to the picking farms. If you find that now you don't have the time to uh, necessarily make it into a jam, immediately, we have got this fantastic modern invention called the freezer, yeah. which you can pop them into, which I, you know, um, refrigeration and freezing w- was designed to what basically preserving used to do back in the in the old days is to kind of give that food that longevity as well.
0: Your book um, is not just about preserving. It's called The Modern Preserver's yeah. Kitchen because it tells you how to do various pickles, preserves, jams, ferments, yeah. but then gives you recipes on how to use that. And you had a particular inspiration for that, didn't you?
1: Yeah. So I was sitting with, um, i have been working, I mean, since I wrote the first book, I made suggestions in the first book um, uh, of ways to eat it. It's always been my intention that I wanted to bring it into a cook's um, repertoire of making food. And one of the biggest questions when I ran uh, Newton and Pot and I had a little market store down Broadway Market, uh, which is in Hackney, a lot of people would ask me all the time, so how do I eat it? How do I eat it? So that's triggered off all these thoughts of, yeah, how do people eat it? And I've been working over the last um, six years, just uh, since um, my first book was published, doing collaborations with chefs and cooks and and, um, trying to expose this idea that you can put it into your everyday um, food and make it into delicious everyday meals because people get stuck with putting, say, um, jam on toast or chutney with cheese or um, pickles, you know, and a a mezze of other other, um, things. So I just kind of wanted to... for me, it's giving people inspiration. Um, I I have about 30. In the new book, The Modern Preserver's Kitchen, I have about 30 recipes of preserving, and I give suggestions of with jams of how to um, do flavour combinations with your jams. I do things like quick pickles and um, preserving pickles because there are different type of pickles. Um, I talk about... Um, fermentation and where fermentation comes from as well as chutney um and and a little bit about the history of chutney um but it's then about uh how we incorporate it into everyday meals so yeah there are a lot of fun things like rippling in you know soft set jams through homemade ice cream or um you know it i like to make things from scratch so there's things like you make your own donuts um, and fill them with jam or we there's um, a pickled beetroot in in um, the Kiwi burger where we put an egg in a Kiwi burger. I don't know if you saw that recipe. Wow. Um, yeah,
0: I love that. Ki- that's a very um, a
1: very kiwi like New thing. thing to do, isn't it? Very New Zealand I think you, thing. you
0: guys were the first. I remember years ago seeing this, like, <laughs> someone saying it's a Kiwi burger. And I was like, what makes it a Kiwi what burger? Is it? And they said,
1: they put beetroot on it. And I was like, okay. Yeah, beetroot and egg. And, it, it you know, my husband kind of curled his nose up yeah. to me when I – because he's English, going, you know, what is this? But, you know, he – loves it you'll just love it so he, there's just it's it, it's a book of ins- inspiring you like uh to use up that um condiment ghost town and i we're all culprits. can i just of stop you there that. like the, yeah. condim-
0: the condiment ghost town is one of my <laughs> favorite because i looked at my fridge last night and i've got two shelves yeah which really qualifies condiment ghost they do get eaten though because i'm i'm quite a big fan of like chili sauce and chili jam the chili Excellent. sauce doesn't stain. Excellent. And I try to keep I try to keep stuff out of the fridge that I don't think needs to be in the fridge, like mustard, but my husband keeps yeah. sticking it back in there because he thinks all jars should be in the fridge. In the
1: fridge, yeah. yeah.
0: But I have two rows, five yes. deep of stuff yeah. in there and it just it, gets out of control, doesn't it? It is a
1: common problem for everyone. And, you know, I was doing a market stall one day and I was next to this woman and she was telling me that, yeah, if it's got to use by date on it, it's out, it's out. And... <laughs> I hate that because, for one thing, use uh, best before or best before and use by are very, very two mm. different things. Best before means best quality before that date. So, still edible, still good to eat. And people are throwing things out of their fridge which are past a best before date because they think use by is more for perishable goods mm. like eggs or meat that, uh, you know, that. Edu- educated, you would know it's gone off. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of food waste in the world, and this is my antidote to you, to the public, to mm. kind of use up that uh, those things in your condiment ghost town and and to get cooking with them. Stick around for more expert advice on preserving from Kylie.
0: Let's convince some listeners out there that pickling can be done um yeah you, you're starting with your um or preserving can be done starting with your pickling um chapter so you talk a lot about quick pickles and this is something that yeah. I'm a huge fan of because I love yeah. kind of sweet and sour which that uses quite a lot isn't it so what's yeah. what's the difference between a quick pickle so and a-,
1: qu- a quick pickle is something that chefs you, when you go to a restaurant, that's basically what you're going to be eating is a quick pickle. They don't have pickles hanging around um, unless you go to. Um, uh, you, you know, some people do have their beautiful pickles on display out, but it's very rare that you get a preserving pickle in in these dishes. Quite often, they are quick pickles, which means that they're made up. Um, on the same day or the night before. And they're usually using a different ratio brine. So the ratio brine is usually one, uh, one, one, one. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, no, three, two, one. Three, three two, one. two, one. Which is um, three parts vinegar to two parts water to one part sugar. Mm. So what you've automatically got um, if you have a teaspoon of vinegar, the acid in it is very harsh and it'll hit the back of your throat mm. quite aggressively. I quite like that. I'm not. I'm quite partial to that. <laughs> However, we and not everybody is. And so to balance out that flavour, they use this three to one pickle ratio, ratio for vegetables, basically, and it gives a sweeter, palatable immediately so you're just kind of infusing your um uh spices and or herbs in with this three to one um ratio and vegetable any kind of vegetable you like and mm. for an hour sometimes two hours i've seen people do you know um make sauerkraut and and The same day, I I beg to differ that it's actually a sauerkraut because you actually do need the time. It's a pickled, more of a pickled cabbage. Yeah, pickled cabbage. But um, preserving pickles, they have far less um, sugar in Mm. them and far less, uh, and sometimes no water at all. So they need that um, time, about three to four weeks, I recommend, before they um, become. They mellow in their jars, and the and the flavors kind of infuse, and they are not as harsh um, as they would have putting it day one into the jar.
0: How is it? How does it
1: mellow? Is it just that the? the It's just a marriage. I think the flavors all marriage together. together. You still get that, you know, uh, that harsh, um, you know, sharp vinegar flavor, but it's just more of a marriage of the flavors. Um, quick pickles you can't keep. So it's not something you're going to be able to jar up and keep as your time capsule on in your larder. You have to keep them in the refrigerator and you have to um, uh, eat them within a week. Because you want that kind of nice crispness
0: with them as well, do yeah,
1: you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are little different tricks that you can use which are in the book of um, keeping your... Um, uh, Pickles or your vegetables a bit crisper. Sometimes it's just salting and extracting oh, the yeah, excess yeah, water good, yeah. before they go into the pickle. But sometimes it's also um, adding a bit of a tannin leaf into the uh, top of the jar, which tends to keep them a bit crisper as well. Mm. Preserving pickles and quick pickles are the easiest thing to kind of start your journey into the preserving world if, if that's where you want to go. Um,
0: I love so. this though because you start with you start with the quick pickles. So it's really easy, and you can, as you said, you can you can make your like pickled carrots or radishes. Yeah, in in a couple of hours or an hour. Yeah. so you can experiment with that. You know, for some people, they might want to change up that ratio if they're like a yeah. little bit sweeter, or a little bit more vinegar. Yes. Then that's when you bring your own taste into things. Yeah, so.
1: and I always taste my brines yeah. to, and I you know when I do my classes, um, I you know I. Let people taste the brine, so that they know, you know, um, what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the thing about why a quick pickle will not um, create longevity is it will—it's got just too much water. You need a certain amount of acidic acid and um, uh, to keep the pH levels um, from it to stop ferment your fruit or vegetable stop fermenting. Yeah. And so, um, this is why, yeah. Read, read a little bit about it if you just don't dive straight in with yeah. the recipe. Do read a little bit about the I try and be as clear as po- and simple as possible. Yeah. I, you know, to keep it um, manageable for people. Yeah. but do read a little bit about the science because um, I have had also people say to me, "I followed your recipe exactly, and my pickles started fermenting in the jar. What it came down to was they didn't follow the recipe exactly. <laughs> they used um. a a white a a rice wine vinegar now rice wine vinegar has very low acidic uh, acid levels in it so it doesn't have the ph level to Mm. keep it preserved so it will start to break down fundamentally what you've got inside the jar but rice wine vinegar a lot of chefs use that as well because it's immediately palatable as well it's not as harsh it's quite it's got a
0: sweetness to it yeah which i think
1: and and but you can tell you know because it's that harshness which is the acid that you need um what you
0: need for your long your long your
1: your long pickles um yeah but i pickle fruit as well which is not as common um Uh, And put some of those recipes um, into things like frangipani tart, Mm. as you'll see on the front cover. So pickled pears into frangipani tart. And I've got pickled cherries that go into matcha friands And um, I do pickled raspberries, a quick pickled raspberry that goes in the bottom of my mum's chocolate mousse. Wow. Um, Because for me, when it comes to dessert, I'm quite picky. I don't like things to be overly sweet. So what that does is it creates this kind of sharp, um, tart flavour balance and it's quite surprising. Um, it's not for everyone, I don't think, but I just love that kind of balance in my in my dessert. I'm, I'm getting this kind of sharp kick at the same time as having the creamy kind of textures or chocolatey um, te- uh, flavours going on. And if people want
0: to start on their preserving journey, I mean, do they have to buy tons of specialist equipment?
1: No, do you know, I started just with a big old stock pot. I do recommend if you're making jam to get a jam pan. There's a reason that the um, pan is shaped at where it goes up, it's wider at the top of the rim than it is in the bottom of the rim. With jam, you want to get to these high heats. Jam is harder to perfect, I think. I think jam is the hardest of all yeah. preserves to perfect. Whereas I think everyone thinks that it's the easiest to because it's the most. Um, mm-hmm. Well, their grandma used to do it. So they think that if grandma used to do it, how hard can it be? But I really, you know you have to know how fruit works and the pectin levels and it's this chemistry that goes on so there is a little bit of skill to perfect it and i'm of the out that you just you know make mistakes and try and try again and you and you learn that's the way you learn i hope that i've given a whole lot of kind of um you know um techniques on how to to get a, a a good jam but mm. different elements um and cooking change things too like i'm saying the site the shape of your pot um why it's got a small um circumference on the bottom and a big one at the top is that you're getting to this hot heat in a um and a concentrated space and there's a wider circumference for the air to be released so it gets hotter quicker and you need it to get as hot as you can as quick as you can to get those uh that pectin in and that that um, gelling up, so yeah, that I've just ma- made it feel really complicated for you. No, haven't but I? I
0: think that's what I think that's. What's <laughs> really nice. I think that's what's really lovely about it is that you can you can start on your journey and you can go as far down that journey as you want to, as you want. Yeah, but, but there is also a lot of provable and practical science yeah. involved, as in yeah. you know, like a bit like in baking, if you yeah. stick to certain ratios yeah. and you follow the rules and you you know or reasonably clean you should end up with something pretty beautiful Good. at the Tasteable. end of it you know so yeah exactly <laughs> so it's it's got like you know there's you you can experiment with it once you've mastered the basics but the yeah, basics exactly. aren't that difficult to master that's so i think they're not perfect. that
1: difficult and i think that people have been put off by um preserving because words like bacteria and sterilization get thrown mm. around and so they get frightened that they're gonna poison themselves you're mm. not gonna poison yourself with um with vinegar brine pickling vinegar has uh, you know if you've used um, pH level of uh, above four of um of the acidic level then you're getting a, a safe environment for these things to be you know in time. that time in that time capsule there's not a lot that can go wrong um uh,
0: is, is there is above pH 4 is that that's your normal as you said white yeah. wine vinegar cider vinegar
1: yeah so they have usually a, a acidic level of um f- yeah four to six yeah. percent and it usually right it, you will find it on the side of the um vinegar bottle you'll see it on the side yeah. of the vinegar bottle they I all no- list it i noticed as well
0: that you you've got some quite unusual Ingredients in your pickles as well. I noticed the booze straight away jumped out to me. At the the <laughs> I'm the... always adding booze. To I I've never a, a lash. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've come across I've come across whiskey in jam before, but I've never yeah. come across whiskey pickled carrots. And I think I'm sure I saw on your Instagram that you had gin pickled cucumbers. Yeah,
1: yeah. So <laughs> um, that when I had Newton and Pot, um, yeah, they were some of my. I just didn't know if people would. Get it, but they really love it. So mimic the flavors. Um, when I came up with the gin pickle cucumber, it was kind of like um, you know, if I'm having a gin and tonic, what? How could I make this into a pickle? How can I flip this upside down and make it into a pickle? So it kind of um, came out of that that I you know, the cucumber was going to be the star of the show, and I'm adding um, mimicking the gin kind of flavors like juniper berries and good glug of gin in there as well for good measure as they say and yeah and also you know with uh, the whiskey pickled carrots comes from my mother every Christmas would make orange um uh carrots uh with orange and a little bit of whiskey for the for the Christmas table so it kind of came from that idea it Bringing in the, it's got all the orange flavors, uh, spices, um, mm. and with the whiskey, so it's got those nice warm kind of smoky tones as well. and yeah, I was
0: going to say smoky, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, just to allay people's fears, we're not pouring in a whole bottle of whiskey. No, like a- <laughs> no,
1: you actually need the vinegar to kind yeah. of preserve them. So it's just a it's couple, couple of tablespoons. Like li- yeah, yeah it's only a couple of tablespoons. <laughs> just it's the impression. Your kids can eat it. <laughs> yeah, be
0: fine. I mean, It'll are, be fine. Yeah, those are such brilliant ideas and the, the book itself is absolutely full of them. So thank you so much for coming to chat to us today. Um, it's so great. I
1: we went over everything you wanted to. I, yeah. I, I'm a real talker.
0: <laughs> um, if you, if people want to stay in touch with what you're doing, because I know that you do do regular preserving classes. Obviously yeah. you've probably been doing it online, but that'll be moving back into real life again, hopefully. Where can they keep in touch with everything you're up to?
1: Well, I've just changed my moniker on Instagram to The Modern Preserver. But my website is um, still Newton and Pot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find uh, my classes on there and find my books on there.
0: So that's The Modern Preserver's Kitchen by Kylie yeah. Newton. Well, thank you once again, Kylie, for coming to chat. With. You, it's been a pleasure. Jane.
1: Thank you. Thank, no, thank you so much.
0: So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. For more information on things we talked about in this episode and to check out our back catalogue of over 200 episodes, head over to olivemagazine.com and do listen out for our weekly bonus episode where Kylie sharing one of her favourite preserving recipes and explaining how to make it with perfect results every time.